This is the Charging Buffalo Podcast. I am Joe, and I'm all by myself in the studio today. Luke couldn't make it out for the post-trade deadline edition of the Charging Buffalo Podcast, so it's just going to be me for everybody today. I'm going to be highlighting some of the trades that went down at yesterday's NHL trade deadline. The Sabres made a couple moves, and one came to no surprise Nathan Beaulieu going to the Winnipeg Jets for a 2019 sixth round draft pick but also they made the big move big move that I didn't expect I don't think many people expected a hockey trade to go down frankly because everyone has kind of just been you know kind of doubting Jason Bottrell as of late, not thinking that he was going to make any moves. I didn't really think he was going to make a move of this magnitude, but they made a big trade with the Anaheim Ducks the night before the trade deadline, which would be Sunday night, I believe, uh, trading away prospect Brennan Gooley and one of their later 2019 first. It's a conditional pick. I believe it's the Sharks pick, exactly. But if the Blues continue their meteoric rise and by the draft pick in between 21 and 31 the Ducks will have a choice uh, between those two picks so Buffalo gets Brandon Montour they get a right-handed shot offensive-minded defenseman that they have really really been needing I'm a big Brandon Montour fan he's a guy that I have wanted the Sabres to acquire for years now And that doesn't really happen because, I mean, the last time the Sabres really, like, like, hey, I want this guy, and they got him, was Cliff Poo, who, hey, he also got traded yesterday to the Florida Panthers for literally a bag of pucks, future considerations. So the Jeff Skinner trade is just the gift that keeps on giving at this point. So, yes, Jason Bottrell really making a really bold, I'm not even going to say bold, it's it's a good trade. You get a young defenseman. I believe he might be like 23 or 24. So this is a good move for Buffalo. Uh, they have three really good right shot defensemen right now. Well, that depends on your opinion on Ristolainen and Bogosian. But this defense court they have right now is probably the best it's been in many, many years. And I'm going to talk more about Rasmus Ristolainen a little later in this episode. But... I'm liking the defense score right now, especially next year when hopefully they can find somebody to take Marco Scandella off their hands. And there's this defense is still still has many moves to be made for the defense, but it's getting there. You got uh, Darlene now. You got Brandon Montour. You got Lawrence Pilot. Those are the three guys that are going to be here for a long time. You would assume at least. 
Is Ristolainen going to be here long term? That's a pretty good top four, in my opinion, at least. And then you got Jake McCabe, you got Zach Bogosian, they'll still be here next year as well. So there's still a lot of moves to be made on that back end, but it's starting to shape up into something very nice. And you look in Rochester, you got Will Borgen down there as well in the college ranks. You got Jacob Bryson. Casey Fitzgerald, if they get if they can get him signed, also Matias Samuelson, uh, depending on what you think of him as well. So, I really like what they're building back there, and yeah, and this is a pretty nice draft for defenseman. Buffalo still has two first round picks. I know that some people out there really don't value those picks as much as uh, Luke and I do, but I am very excited about the future right here. Brandon Montour is going to debut tonight against the Philadelphia Flyers, and the Sabres did also play yesterday. They lost to the Toronto Maple Leafs 5-3, to I believe. I couldn't watch. I had to work, but uh, Jack Eichel is just a Toronto Maple Leaf killer. He did not kill them yesterday, but he scored two goals. Sam Reinhart also adding another one. Apologies for that noise. Probably should have muted this computer. But anyways, back to Brandon Montour. So... A lot of people are wondering, who's he, who's he going to play with? Now, Montour, although a very, very gifted, offensive-minded defenseman, not the greatest in his own end, but still pretty good. He's not a, a guy that's going to go out there and lay the body, so all those suburban hockey dads out there are probably not going to like him. Also, I guess the analytics crowd out there doesn't really like Brandon Montour either. I mean... His numbers aren't going to be good because the Anaheim Ducks have just been a complete and utter train wreck over the past few months. They do not win very often, and ever since uh, Bob Murray took over behind the bench in Anaheim, Montour's minutes drastically dropped, started playing the season in Anaheim this year with Hampus Lindholm, and now is finding himself on the third pair quite often. So... Let's see how he's utilized here. I assume he's going to be getting a lot of power play minutes. I like On the power play, I'd love to see him with Darlene, both of them quarterbacking the power play, and then maybe risk the time on the second power play unit, but that still remains to be seen. But I don't know if they really would play Darlene and Montour together because not neither of them are really, really that reliable defensively. Montour, right-handed shot. Maybe you see him paired with a guy like Jake McCabe. Who knows? But, again, as I said earlier, you got those three right-shot D now. Nelson's also a right-handed shot defense, and this probably pushes him out of the lineup for a long time, barring an injury, of course. But you got Ristolain and Montour and Bogosian on the right side now. That's not looking too bad. Uh, Brendan Gooley going the other way. Uh, Gooley has regressed. In every year since he's turned a pro, I believe he has regressed. He was once the darling of the organization, their top prospect, and definitely not that anymore. He, he's, I just don't think the hockey IQ is there. He's a very gifted player. There's no doubt about that. Fantastic skater. And he's also pl- he played in Anaheim's game last night, too. I believe they lost 3 nothing. He led both teams in shots. He had five. But anyways, Gooley, he... I haven't been able to catch a ton of Amherst games since, like, the beginning of the season, mainly because without Pilot down there. And Pilot also did get sent down, by the way. I think I forgot to mention that. But I haven't been able to watch a whole lot of Amherst games. And when I have, Gooley has not stood out to me. He was much better last year, in my opinion at least, and 
He when he has stood out, it's for gaffes in the defensive zone. It seems like like I, I talked to Brayton Wilson a lot at GR and he says he just gets the yips in the defensive zone and that's not good. So I don't think Gooley, like at one point people thought that Gooley was going to be a top pairing defenseman here in the future, and that's just not going to happen in Anaheim too. So he's probably, if when he is, a, I think he will be an NHL defenseman someday. He'll probably be on the third pair though. And if he does pan out, good for him. Uh, Sabres prospects, like, yeah, lots of Sabres prospects have been traded recently. A few at this deadline. Like I mentioned earlier, Cliff Poo got traded for a bag of pucks. Nick Baptiste also got traded for a bag of pucks. Uh, I believe there's one more that got traded. I'll have to look at the board behind me again, but I think there was one more Sabres prospect that got traded, former Sabres prospect that got traded at this deadline. But yeah, I would have liked to see Gooley get an extended look, but just with the amount of defensemen that they have on this roster right now, it's tough for him to get an extended look in Buffalo. And also the first round pick. Now, it's going to be late. It'll be between 21 and 31. So if you're going to trade an expendable deep prospect and a late first round pick for a player of the caliber of Brandon Montour, you do that all day. And I've been a proponent of keeping the picks and trade them if there's a deal that makes sense. And this deal did make sense. Now, if another player becomes available, like 23 years old, young, cost-controlled asset um, that plays the wing, I would trade that other first-round pick for him. It has to make sense. And you can't just trade away the picks or make a trade just to make a trade. You have to keep building. This team is still rebuilding. I know people lose sight of that, but you just got to keep building. You got to keep building for the future. Even when they're a playoff team, you got to keep building for the future. Now, the Penguins are re- like the Penguins have won cups, but look at them. They're starting to trail off now, and they haven't drafted in the first round in like seven years, or when they have, they've traded those guys away, like Kasperi Kapanen, although Phil Kessel has been a big part of those two Stanley Cup winning teams. So you just got to keep building. They're prob- I d- if you think that they're going to make the playoffs still or even think they have a chance, I applaud you for having hope, but I think the season's over. Like, you got to – I know it's Toronto. I know it's Toronto, but that was a game you had to win to stay in the race. And if they lose to Philly tonight, that may be the final nail in the coffin because they're a team that I think they're directly behind them in the standings, and that's a team that you have to beat. And this is a really tough stretch. I believe they have Washington again coming up soon. I'm going to actually check the schedule and make sure that I'm correct here. Uh they got Pittsburgh on Friday, Philly, then Pittsburgh. Those are two teams that you have to beat. Got to beat them. And then you got Toronto on Saturday night. And then you got a decent stretch here. You got Edmonton, Chicago, Colorado, then Dallas, then Pittsburgh, Carolina. This is a crucial stretch for their playoff hopes. And can Brandon Montour help that? I think he can. But, again, one player isn't going to fix this mess. There are still moves that need to be made. But the silver lining here with the Brandon Montour trade, there's a couple. The first one is that the Toronto Maple Leafs did not get Brandon Montour. That may be the best part of this acquisition. Because could you imagine just the sheer and utter mass hysteria on Sabres Twitter 
if the Toronto Maple Leafs got Brandon Montour for a first-round pick and say, I don't even know. I can't think of a prospect there that would be uh, – Travis Dermott in like a second-round pick, something that might be – yeah, Dermott a second and another prospect, something equivalent to the package that Buffalo gave up. That would be – I don't even want to think of the sheer hysteria on Sabres Twitter. So that's good. And also, now we don't have to hear that Jason Bottrell is afraid to make a trade. He's a coward, a bad GM. He doesn't care about winning. Oh, he's just holding on to hope that they'll be good in three years. You don't have to hear that anymore because now we know that this guy is going to try and improve this team, and he has tried to improve the team. And although a lot of his moves have been whiffs and misses, uh, he probably thought that Berglund and Saboka were going to have somewhat of an impact here, and that has not been the case. But you still got to think. Ryan O'Reilly is not... I'm going off on a tangent here on O'Reilly once again, but he's not fleet of foot. The guy, he's not fast. He's already 27. Yeah, he's like 27, might be 28. I don't remember off the top of my head, but how good is Ryan O'Reilly going to be in three years? Just ask yourself that. I know the trade doesn't look good now, but in three years' time, who knows what Tage Thompson looks like in three years? Who knows what that first-round pick is going to be? Because this draft is good. I know a lot of people like to just say, oh, yeah, we should trade the picks because this isn't a good draft. The same people that are saying this isn't a good draft are the people that don't watch these players play. I watch a lot of these guys, and I can tell you firsthand, there are some damn good players available. And it's going to be at with those later picks. There are some good players like Connor McMichael. I, I'll mention him again. People are starting to wake up on this kid, and if he's available in the 20s and Buffalo's picking, he's, I think this guy has front-line potential in the National Hockey League. So, And people like to bring up, oh, people are trading first-round picks. That must mean that this isn't a good draft. Well, my memory serves me correctly. The 2015 draft is touted as one of the deepest drafts in NHL history already. And shall we look at the amount of picks that were moved in the 2015 draft? The Sabres had three first-round picks in the 2015 draft at one point as well. So does that mean that it's a weak draft? No, that's just a weak argument, all right? So I'm going to try and pull this up. Cap-friendly will have it. This is the, nah, this sucks because whenever I'm trying to look something up, I got Luke to back me up and talk while I'm trying to pull things up all right so here it is lots of picks were dealt in the 2015 draft uh okay yes the the kings traded the 13th pick in the lucic trade that went to boston calgary traded the 15th pick to boston as well in the dougie hamilton trade pittsburgh traded the 15th the 16th pick to edmonton in the Perron trade and then that eventually got traded in the Griffin Reinhardt trade. So that's a lot of first round picks changing hands there. The Islanders traded the 21st pick to Buffalo in the Vanek trade, then Buffalo traded that pick for Robin Leonard. We all know how that worked out. Nashville traded the 24th pick to Toronto in the Cody Franzen and Mike Santarelli trade, I think. And then that and then Toronto ended up trading down. Philly moves up, they grab Travis Konechny. The 25th pick goes from uh 
I think, yeah, that goes to Buffalo in the Evander Kane trade. Yes, the Evander Kane trade, Zach Bogosian trade, and then that pick goes to, yeah, no, it was the Ryan Miller trade, and then Buffalo sends it to Winnipeg in the Kane trade. Yes. And that, ooh, another first-round pick being traded. I don't know. Oh, yes, here it is. It, it was from the Marty St. Louis trade. That goes to the Islanders. No, it went from the Lightning to the Rangers, and then, no, the Rangers to the Lightning, then the Lightning traded down. This is how the Islanders grabbed Anthony Bovalia. And, whoa, what do you look? Another first-round pick being traded. It is a part of the Braden-Coburn trade, and then Tampa Bay traded down again, it looks like. Columbus moves up to get Gabriel Carlson. And then another one, Chicago trades it to Arizona, and they grab Nick Merkley. That was a part of the Antoine Vermette trade, which also happens to be the last time a first round somebody traded a first-round pick at the deadline, and they ended up winning the Stanley Cup. So the 2015 draft had a lot of first-round picks change hands, as you can tell, as I, it was a lot. It had to have been at least like seven or eight, maybe nine changing hands there and that is a very good draft so don't read into the false accusations out there that this draft is weak watch them play just plain and simple Uh, if you don't want to believe in prospects hey that's all you but the draft is how you build your team going forward and hey if the Sabres make another trade for one of those first round picks good make another Brandon Montour-esque trade but just saying you need to hit on these picks still because, and there's people out there that are like, hey, they never draft well. Let's just trade these picks anyways. Jason Bottrell and the scouting staff have been on the job for two years. How do you know they can't draft? I, for, for the most part, I do not have many complaints with who they've picked so far besides Matias Samuelson. I mean, I like the Casey Middlestat pick. I know he's not lighting the world on fire in the NHL as a 20-year-old, but still, he is going to be a really, really good player in the NHL. Rasmus Dahlin, I mean, a parrot could have made that selection. Uh, Samuelson and Davidson. I like Marcus Davidson a lot, but I would have tried to swing for the fences on a bigger player there. But their late-round picks have been good. Jacob Bryson, Linus Weisbach, just to name a couple. There are some good players in this organization. Oscari Loxanen, that was a good find by the scouting staff as well, and he might he probably has top-four potential, so... Again, not still a rebuilding team. Hold out hope for the future, I guess. So even though there might not be much hope right now. Uh, yeah, but the, again, Brandon Montour trade. I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, he's a young guy. He's going to be an RFA next year, I believe. Maybe the year after. I should probably pull this up. But, hey, it's whatever at this point. Uh, yeah, first-round pick, I mean... I'm not going to be devastated with whoever is selected with that first-round pick unless, like, the Ducks pick Connor McMichael or something because I love Connor McMichael, as you can tell. Uh, the Nathan Beaulieu trade, I'll just touch on this quickly, I guess, because I went much longer than I expected on the Montour stuff. But Winnipeg, I I think I called it. I think I called. I, I might have said in recent episodes that Winnipeg could be a team that trades for Beaulieu. Buffalo didn't retain any salary in this trade. I thought they would take back half of the of Beaulieu's salary, but a sixth-round pick, I mean, the guy wasn't playing. Uh, they got up a third-round pick to get him. I would take that gamble all day long if they had the chance to do it over again, and I would do it again for another player. 
third round pick for a guy that was drafted in the first round, like um, might have been like four or five years beforehand when they made that deal. You do that all day long because there are guys that just need a change of scenery. Bull, you needed a change of scenery out of Montreal and didn't really work out here last year. I thought he was much better this year, but just couldn't find his way into the lineup. And I thought when he was in the lineup, he was fine. He should have been in the lineup over Marco Scandella. And there's people out there like, oh, they should trade Scandella instead. All right. If you were a fan of, let's say, Montreal. If you're a Montreal fan and Bergevin traded any asset for Marco Scandella, what would your reaction be? Just ask yourself that. You'd be furious. If you were an NHL GM and you were trying to add depth to your defense or even a real player to play on your defense, would you trade for Marco Scandella? No, you wouldn't because, I mean, teams have scouts. They watch... Got, but they watch the Sabres play every game, and they know that Marco Scandella hasn't been good, and that's probably why the Sabres didn't trade him. They probably didn't get any good offers for him because the teams know probably shouldn't trade for this guy because he's just washed up. Is Scandella washed up at this point? Maybe, but he is not having a good year. May, let's hope he can bounce back next year, but again, there's still guys with problem contracts here, and it's not going to be easy to let him go. So, yeah, bowl you for a sixth. Take what you can get. They weren't going to qualify him at the end of the year. They have three sixth-round picks in this draft. That probably gives them some ammo to move up. If they want to move, if they like a guy, they can move up a couple spots with those three sixth-round picks. They also don't have a fifth-round pick. They will not. Have, yeah, they will have one fourth-round pick as a result of the Kane trade. If Sherry goes on a tear towards the end, they will have no fourth. Like, if Sherry scores 20 goals, I should say, that's going on a tear. Or 40 points, one of the two. Uh, Pittsburgh will get Buffalo's third-round pick instead of the fourth as a result of that trade. And also, people bring up uh, Matt Hunwick. They can't trade Matt Hunwick. Well, if they wanted to, they could. But if they did trade Hunwick, that's breaking a condition in the Penguins trade. Because if the Sabres trade Hunwick before the 2019 draft that fourth-round pick becomes a third-round pick. So that's just not worth it unless you're getting, like, a second-round pick for Matt Hunwick, which ain't happening. Uh, next, Adam Wilcox. He signed a one-year deal. Jonas Johansson is out for the rest of the season. Uh, so that's probably why Wilcox signed. It doesn't really make sense. I don't know why they really had to sign him. Maybe it's just for depth reasons. Because if, knock on wood, Allmark or Hutton go down, Wilcox or Wedgwood would come up. I would assume that... Adam Wilcox would come up because you don't really want to pry away Scott Wedgwood away from a, a Amherst playoff run. So maybe that's what happens there. But keep in mind, Uko Pekalukinen could go to Rochester once Sudbury's season is over. But Sudbury did clinch a playoff spot recently. So And Sudbury's a good team. They could definitely have an extended playoff run in the OHL. Uh, also, Sabres made a couple minor transactions yesterday to... Uh, just paper transactions to have guys eligible for the AHL playoffs. Danny O'Regan got sent down on a paper transaction. And also, Tage Thompson was sent to Rochester just on a paper transaction. He didn't go, actually. Although, he might, be able to, he might need a little stint in Rochester. He's been pointless in like his last 17 or 18 games. Something crazy like that. But, yeah, uh, he's going to be able to. That's development. That's development. I think they probably should have done this with Middlestat too. 
Thompson getting some time in the AHL that could help him in playoff games. That's important for these guys' development. All right. And I think Thompson will help Rochester out a lot. He's been playing with Vladimir Saboka a lot recently, and I mean, it sucks because they don't have the center depth right now. They just don't because, I mean, Larson's a decent player, but is he really going to help elevate Thompson's game? I saw it. I, someone said it on Twitter. He's center dependent, and yeah, he is. Thompson's a flawed prospect. He's not perfect by any means, but he's got the tools to be a really good player. Uh, he's just got to put it all together, but that's what they need. They need to go out, get a center or two, someone that you can put Thompson with because he's not been in the top. He hasn't been in the top six, and when he's playing with either Larson or Sabotka, what are you gonna do? I, at this point. Rochester's probably the best spot for him just so he can kind of get his confidence back up because I remember back in the winning streak he was playing really well like when this guy's confident he is flying out there and is making some good plays he's shooting the puck but you're not really seeing that a lot recently uh before we get into some of the topics here I want to highlight some of the deals that went down uh, the Blue Jackets and Senators. I want to talk about the Senators. We like to bag on the Senators a lot, but I like what they're doing here. They, they're they rebuilding the right way. I mean, you rebuild with your first-round pick, not trading it, but they have acquired tons of picks, prospects, a couple players, too, in by trading out these rentals and their core players, and I applaud them for it. I'm glad... Well. I'm not glad they did it because it, the world is a better place when the Ottawa Senators suck, but uh, they really piled up the assets at this deadline. I'm impressed. I'm really impressed. They made two deals with the Columbus Blue Jackets, but I'm going to combine them into one here. So they dealt Matt Duchesne, Ryan Dezingle, and Julius Bergman to the Columbus Blue Jackets for two prospects. Vitaly Abramov, uh, Twenty. he was uh, 2016 Second or third round pick, I'm very high on this kid. Um, Jonathan Davidson, who is Marcus Davidson's brother. He's playing in Sweden on the same team, actually. A 2019 first round pick. Also a conditional 2020 first round pick contingent on if Matt Duchesne signs an extension with Columbus. Also a 2020 second, a 2021 second, and Anthony Duclair. As those three assets as a part of the Ryan Dezingle trade. So they, Columbus also is going all in. They are moving out. They, they have two draft picks, a third and a seventh round pick in the 2019 draft. So Columbus, they are really going all in. You look at their UFAs. They also traded for Adam McQuaid for the Rangers. I believe it was a third, a seventh. And they also traded uh, Bergman, who was acquired in the in the Dezingle trade. So Columbus is going all in. Look at their UFAs. It's McQuaid, Duchesne, Dezingle, Bobrovsky, Panarin. That was another big storyline. They held on to Bobrovsky and Artemi Panarin. Let's see how it works out for this team because if they get bounced in the first round again and all of these guys walk, Jarmo Kikalainen's head might be on the chopping block. So that's something to keep an eye out for. But I think, but what if this is hard? What if they lose Bobrovsky and Panarin, and then your team is looking like, ooh, I don't know. What if they lose the Zingle too? Do they want to sign Duchesne at that point? Because if you lose all those guys and then you keep Duchesne, you might be giving Ottawa a lottery pick. So who knows with that? 
Uh, some other moves at the deadline. Pittsburgh, for some reason, thought it was a good idea to acquire Erica Branson for Tanner Pearson in a one-for-one swap. Uh, good Branson and Jack Johnson on the same team. That's all I got to say. Uh, Marcus Johansson going to the Boston Bruins. Uh, Devils are retaining a little bit of salary. The Bruins giving up a second and a fourth-round pick. Wayne Simmons traded right at the deadline to the Nashville Predators for Ryan Hartman, who the Preds gave up a first-round pick for last year to Chicago. That pick turning out to be Nicholas Bodin, who was a really nice prospect for the Blackhawks, as well as a conditional fourth-round pick. Probably the biggest trade that went down yesterday, Mark Stone going to the Vegas Golden Knights along with Tobias Lindbergh, who is required by the Knights. He's been traded a few times in the past couple years, going to Vegas from Ottawa for Eric Brandstrom, Oscar Lindbergh, and a 2020 second-round draft pick. Now, looks a little light on the return for Ottawa, but Eric Brandstrom is going to be a top-pairing defenseman in this league. And now, I know, again, people don't value prospects, especially, like, Eric Brandstrom. This guy is going to be really, really good. I can he There's Carlson comparisons. I can see it. I can really see it. He's a guy that I wish Buffalo could have had, but again, what were they going to trade for him? Uh, but I applaud Vegas for trying to be the greatest expansion team of all time, but you are trading all your picks and prospects. What do you got? You got Nick Haig and you got Cody Glass. What else? You don't really have much. You traded Suzuki. You traded Brandstrom now. And you've traded the first-round pick last year in the in the trade to get Thomas Tatar, and then you flip Thomas Tatar for Max Pacioretty, who he's having a decent season for him. But what are you going to do when all these guys... I mean, they did sign Stone to an eight-year extension, but uh, I don't know. Let's see if it works out for Vegas. We'll see. But, oh, also Oscar Lindbergh going to Ottawa. So Lindbergh for Lindbergh trade there. This was a head-scratcher for me. I've been banging on the drum. I wanted Mikael Granlund from the Minnesota Wild, and he's going to the Nashville Predators for Kevin Fiala. I like Kevin Fiala, but Michael Granlund is, I would say, a borderline elite player, and I think he is going to really flourish in Nashville, probably playing on a line with Ryan Johansson and Philip Forsberg, maybe, so that's going to be really fun to watch in Nashville. I think Nashville getting Wayne Simmons and Mikael Granlund, not even having to give up Dante Fabro, a first-round pick, or Ellie Tolvanen. That's why David Poyle is the best general manager in the NHL. And his heir apparent, uh, or his protege, uh, Paul Fenton, not so good. Trading away a few of the core pieces in Minnesota. He traded Charlie Coyle for Ryan Donato. That was probably the one of the better trades, but still, you probably could have gotten more in Ryan Donato. Uh, you traded away Nino Niederreiter for Victor Rask, and now you trade Michael Granlund for Kevin Fiala. I just, I don't understand. Paul Fenton, I don't know. I don't know, man. That's not, not, not good trades at all there by the Minnesota Wild. They're going in a retooling direction. I think they should rebuild, but also... A deal going down in Minnesota. Eric Stahl signing a two-year extension at about $3 million. So that's interesting there. Stahl didn't want to get traded. So who knows what they could have acquired there. Another trade. 
Uh, Derek Broussard, who was traded to Florida earlier, is dealt once again going to the Colorado Avalanche for a 2023rd round pick. Uh, Broussard also played against Florida last night and also scored, so good on him. Uh, I really like this because I got a notification that the Carolina Hurricanes recalled Cliff Poo from the ECHL or whatever, and I'm like, hmm, this is interesting. So then I see he's traded to the Panthers for future considerations. Again, I say it every week. Boy, did they pick the right time to trade Cliff Poo because I don't think I could take Savers Twitter saying, oh, there's another bus, another bus Tim Murray draft pick going away in the wind. Yep, former third-round pick, 69th overall, goes for nothing, literally nothing. Uh, big tra- another yes. Yeah, so this was the other Sabres prospect that was dealt. The Rangers acquiring a 2019 first, a conditional fourth round pick, and Brendan Lemieux for Kevin Hayes. And I also want to touch on this. A lot of people like to say the Sabres lost the the first Evander Kane trade. Uh, if you break down the trade, what does Winnipeg have to show for it now? Well, now they have Kevin Hayes, they have Tyler Myers, and they have Jack Roslevic. What does Buffalo have? They have Zach Bogosian. Uh, if you break down the Montour trade, it could be in this trade tree if uh, the San Jose first-round pick ends up going to the Ducks. But it could also be – it could go either way. One of those first-round picks, whether you break it down, uh, the, the Sharks pick going to the Ducks, Montour would be in this trade tree. But the Blues pick – could also, uh, whatever, forget what I just said, I lost my train of thought, but uh, yeah, Montour could be in this trade tree, but if not, if the Blues pick goes to the Ducks, the Sharks pick would also be in this trade tree, if that makes any sense, I feel like I just jumbled over my words there for a second, uh, yeah, so that first round pick slash Montour, and then also the fourth round pick they got in the second Kane trade, Bogosian, Danny O'Regan, and I feel like I might be missing someone. I tweeted it out yesterday. I completely forgot, though. So, Buffalo still has some pieces to show for this, but Hayes and Myers are going to be UFAs. So, by July 2nd, the only piece that Winnipeg will have to show for that Vander Kane trade is Jack Roslevic, who's a very nice player, but he was involved in some trade rumors. So, I wonder if he's going to get moved next trade deadline or maybe in the offseason where Winnipeg wants to load up again. So, Anyways, good ad. They get a center, but uh, we'll see where it takes them. Let's see if the Jets can finally get over the hump here. Uh, San Jose making a really late move on Sunday night. I really like this move for them. They get Gustav Nyquist. Detroit also retains a little bit of salary for a second and third round pick. If the Sabres were still a really good, if they were in good playoff position like they were in November, Nyquist was my guy. I really, I really like him as a player and giving up only a second and a third, and they retain salary. Really good deal for the San Jose Sharks. Uh, Baptiste going to the Toronto Maple Leafs for a bag of pucks. Good move for the AHL, I guess. Buffalo wins the trade. I mean, they still have Jack Doherty, so we'll see. Uh, this is a just a gut-wrenching loss for the Dallas Stars. They trade a conditional second and a conditional third for Matt Zuccarello. Zuccarello played one game for Dallas, and then... Got an arm injury in the middle of the game. He's going to be out for at least four months. So that's a really tough loss for Dallas. But if the Stars make 
there's a possibility that both those picks can turn into first-round picks if the Stars make it to the third round of the playoffs and Zuccarello plays in at least 50% of their games, the Rangers get their first-round pick in 2019 instead of that second-round pick. And the conditional third in 2020, if Zuccarello re-signs in Dallas, that pick becomes a 2020 first-round pick. So it's possible that the Rangers could be getting two first-round picks in this trade. Last notable deal from the deadline, Detroit acquiring Madison Bowie, a former second-round pick, and a 2022nd from Washington for Nick Jensen. Jensen signs an extension worth $2.5 million in Washington. So a lot of people were upset that that happened. But again, uh, teams like Buffalo don't trade. Like that's maybe the equivalent to Brendan Gooley in a second-round pick. Would you have done that for a rental? No. Not a good idea. But anyways, yeah. So those are the notable trade deadline deals. Uh, pretty active trade deadline. It, lots, Most of the deals were at the final hour here. So, yeah, Buffalo, they made two. That's two more than a lot of people thought. And the Montour deal, nobody was really expecting it, and I'm glad it happened. I was very excited to see that. But Bolu, everyone expected that. Sixth-round pick, you, hey, I would have taken a fifth or a fourth, but get them off the team they need to move out defensemen look when they got montour you knew something's gonna go down something uh next i want to talk about rasmus ristolainen now a lot of people have been bringing up ristolainen's name in trade rumors andy strickland who covers the st louis blues said that there were rumors of ristolainen to the tampa bay lightning were not going away and that was quickly shot down by Darren Dreger of TSN. But Brian Lawton from NHL Network, former GM, former agent, said yesterday, I'll bring up the tweet, Charging Buffalo, our account, we tweeted this out last night. Uh, just let me bring it up really quick. Apologies for the delay, but here it is. Brian Lawton on NHL Network just said the Lightning were hunting Ristolainen all day long, but the price was too high. Now, Apparently, Sabres are fielding offers for Ryan O'Reilly at the deadline last year, too, and then they eventually traded him in the critically acclaimed St. Louis trade. So, does Ristolainen get traded in the offseason? I don't know, but I'm conflicted about this right now. One, I don't know about trading him to Tampa Bay because that's risky, very risky, and I'm kind of weary that a team like Tampa Bay would trade for him because... You know what happens in Buffalo. They trade these guys, and then they become good. And I think Ristolainen's, I truly think Ristolainen's a good defenseman. Is he a top-pairing D? No, he's not. Should he be playing 25-plus minutes a night in Buffalo? No, he should not. Now, they, I would love to see Ristolainen in a lesser role here, maybe on the second pair, second power play minutes. But if you can get an astronomical return for this guy, you do it. You do it because he he's a good defenseman. He puts points on the board, but he's not all that great in his own end. He's not a smart defenseman by any means. I think if you if the right offer comes your way, you do it. But it's just, it's tough. It's tough because now, like I said earlier, they're starting to get deeper on the blue line. The pipeline is pretty decent as far as defensemen go, and their roster is starting to shape up too with the acquisition of Montour. So, it's tough. It's really tough. Like, if Tampa Bay offers you a first-round pick, and a 
good, like a top six forward and a good, decent defenseman, like an Eric Chernak. Eric Chernak, Andre Palat, or Tyler Johnson in a pick. And maybe Buffalo can take on Ryan Callahan and get another pick or prospect in there. I think you probably take that deal. But, like, I'm not trading Ristolainen for a draft pick. You're trading Rist- If you're trading Ristolainen, you're trying to improve the team. It, and he might be a guy that has to go. You look at, like, I think we talked about it last week. He, what's the common denominator here? It's Rasmus Ristolainen. It's Zemis Gergensons. It's Johan Larson. These guys, like, have been around nothing but losing for their entire NHL career. Maybe it's time to move on. Maybe Ristolainen's the next guy to go, but I don't think they have to trade him. I don't think they have to. And this is a move that kind of reminds me of the O'Reilly trade. You trade Ristolainen, and the next thing you're looking for is another right-handed shot defenseman. And now, I think I said it last week, if they trade Ristolainen, you got to find another guy. Another guy on the right right, the right side of the defense. And they, they found that guy already. They got Brandon Montour. By no means do I think that just because they got Montour means that Ristolainen's a dead man walking here. I don't think so. Because, again, you still need to fill out a top four. If you trade Ristolainen, you still need to go find another top four right shot D. And there's a couple in free agency. You got Anton Strawman. Tyler Myers will be out there. There might be some guys via trade that might be out there as well. So we'll see. I don't think – I think if you – gun to my head, I think Ristolainen is going to get traded at the draft or some point in the offseason. Uh, we'll see where it goes. I mean, we'll see if Montour takes his spot on the top pair. We'll see. But let's see how it goes. Let's see how Montour does – if he can take the load as a top-pairing defenseman here, maybe that makes Ristolainen expendable. Again, I've said it like 40,000 times. We'll see. I If you can get a good package for him, do it. But I don't think you got to do it. Ristolainen is a good player. He's physical. He can help put points on the board. But, yeah, I'm not really a, a big analytics guy, so I don't know. I'm not privy to the to the numbers or anything that people think that he's one of the worst defensemen in the league. So I like Bristolainen. I think he's a good player, but if you don't have to trade him, I don't think they have to trade him at all. I don't think they have to trade him at all. He's got a couple years left on his deal. Maybe you trade. I I don't think he's going to end his contract here. I think he's going to get traded, but it's tough. It's tough. It, it just really sucks that we're still, we're just spinning our wheels at this point. Just like the O'Reilly trade, you trade him, and now you got to go find someone else. So if they can do that, fine. Fine, fine, fine. Just get a good package in return because I'm sick of spinning our wheels here. Uh, last thing I want to touch on here, Jeff Skinner. So Mark Stone, he signs a an eight-year deal worth $9.5 million in Ottawa. In Vegas, I should say. He got traded from Ottawa. Uh, what is, how does this affect Jeff Skinner? Stone's a better player than Skinner, but Skinner's got all of the leverage in the world on Buffalo right now. He, They know, his camp knows, Don Mian knows, I think he's an agent's Don Mian at least, uh, they know that Buffalo cannot afford to lose this guy. And if they do lose him, Jason Bottrell's head will be on a plate, I'm sure, because that would be a catastrophic loss and the fans would not have it. I can tell you right now, like, this would be rough. 
I'm that's a I'm, I don't want to say it's a fireable offense, but it's pretty darn close because Jeff Skinner has been arguably the best player on the team this year, right next to Jack Eichel. So you gotta keep the guy. You gotta keep him. And what's the walkaway price? It's probably like nine seven five ten million. I don't think he should get over nine point five. That's probably the ceiling because I think Mark Stone is one of the better players in the league. So yeah, please, they just gotta keep him. They gotta keep Jeff Skinner. Have to. You have to keep Jeff Skinner because what do you do again? Back to spinning our wheels. You let him walk, and then what are you looking for? You're looking for another goal scorer. And Jeff Skinner, I mean, he's only 26. Do we really want him for eight years? That's the price you pay. I don't think that they're going to be having buyer's remorse or regret for signing Skinner to a long-term deal until, like, year six of that contract. It's not going to be like Oposo and Molson where you sign the deal and then one year later you're like, oh, my God, how are we going to get rid of this contract? Skinner, he's a perennial 25-30 goal scorer. He does it every year. It's not like he just came out of nowhere this year in a contract year and like, bang, here's 40 goals. No. He, many years down the road, if he's just a 20-goal scorer, the cap's going up, it'll be fine. $9 million will be like $6 million five, six years from now, like how it is now. Just like how $7 mil, like when Vanek got offersheeted, he was only making $7 million, something like that. $7 million then is like $11, $12 million in today's NHL. So cap's always going up. The NHL is in a really good state right now. Scoring's up. Like, NHL's fun again. The NHL is fun again. Cap's going to keep going up. I'm not worried. Get this deal done, Jason Bottrell, so we can all sleep at night. So keep Jeff Skinner. By all means, you just have to keep this guy in the fold. Could you imagine if they lost him? Imagine this team without Jeff Skinner. I mean, they trade Kane last year, and everyone was like, well, what are you going to do? you got to find another Banner Kane. They got another goal scorer in Jeff Skinner. But you just got to keep him. And I don't think anyone's going to pay, pay the guy like $10 million. Like, I just don't see it. I think you're going to get the most money here. He wants to stay in Buffalo. Just get the deal done. Don't walk away. And Elliot Friedman... Last week said he doesn't think Buffalo wants to meet his asking price, and that that scares me, really scares me. But I think I think they will get a deal done. I really think they will get a deal done. Okay, I think we're going. Oh, also Brandon Montour is wearing number sixty-two. I thought I should just mention that. Uh, okay. Now on to some questions. Uh, our friend Bill asks: Deadline is over. Who are you targeting in the offseason via trade? All right. Well, Granlin would have been my guy, but, you know, traded to Nashville for Kevin Fiala, so that's done and over with. Uh, this is tough. I really haven't thought about acquisitions in the offseason. Uh, I don't. I've, I was kind of into Alex Weinberg last week, but now I really don't want anything to do with that. Uh, I'm going to say, like, Tyler Johnson. Tyler Johnson probably be the guy. Someone from Tampa. Somebody from Tampa. They're in cap jail. They're going to be in cap jail. Go help them out by taking one of those guys like Miller, 
Uh, JT Miller, Tyler Johnson, Andre Pilat. Give me one of those guys. Help fix this top six. Uh, oh, Tyler Toffoli. How about Tyler Toffoli? Get him for pennies on the dollar. Maybe like. It, I don't think it would take that much to get Toffoli out of LA. I really don't. Th- it'd probably cost around what you gave up for Jeff Skinner, a second-round pick and a prospect, something like that, because I'm sure they're going to want to trade him in the offseason or at the deadline next year. Toffoli would be a nice add. Uh, I don't know. This is tough. Uh, I like Eric Chernak a lot in Tampa, too, if they want to go get him maybe in a wrist and trade if that happens. I'm trying to think of one more name. Mika Zibanejad from the Rangers. I don't think they're going to trade him, but that's another guy that I would love to target in the offseason. Funkaboy2 asks, what would the price for Risto been, and would you have traded him after the Anaheim trade? Again, I don't think they should shop Ristolainen, but if teams are calling, don't hang up. Try and get, if you're going to trade him, get the best return possible. Don't just trade him for the sake of trading him. And if you can improve a team by trading Rasmus Ristolainen, you do it. What's the price? you got to be asking for at least a first-round pick in NHL roster player, preferably a forward, and maybe maybe two roster players. I'm, that's the price that teams are going to have to pay. I think you really just, by all means, you got to improve this team. So that's my answer to that. Uh, can Buffalo make the playoffs after these moves? That comes from KD underscore Ernst 25. Uh, I don't think so. I think Montour will help, but I don't think he'll help to the point where they're going to make the playoffs. We'll see him in action tonight, though, against the Flyers. Uh, Jacob Yatz asks, Doesn't it seem like the price for top six forwards has dramatically dropped? Well, if you're looking at, like, the Simmons trade... Uh, Broussard was traded for a third-round pick. Those guys are rentals, and like at the final hour of the deadline, prices drop. I mean, look at the Evander Kane trade last year. If he didn't sign a contract with the Sharks, it would have been a second and a fourth in Daniel Regan. That's what happens with rentals. You're caught at the 11th hour, and you're just not able to move the guy for your asking price. Uh, but like a t- young top six forward, like an Andre Pilat or a JT Miller, or a Chris Kreider, or somebody like that, that's going to cost a lot. So, uh, <clears throat> Rentals usually are cheaper than cost-controlled assets that are under contract for a while. Uh, apologies, I'm just scrolling through these questions. Why are we like this out in Buffalo? It comes from Smarty61. I don't know. It's just how Buffalo is. Uh seems like we can just never have nice things. Never. Oh, my God. Lots of re- repeat questions. Thoughts on Lemieux going to the Rangers? That comes from Nate. Uh, I like Brandon Lemieux. I like him a lot. I think he would have been nice on this team. But, again, you got to give up something. You got something. Kevin Hayes gets a first, a conditional fourth in Brandon Lemieux. Uh, I think Lemieux is going to have a future in this league. I really like him. Uh... Buffalo Nation asks, how big of an impact do you think Brandon Montour will have on the future of this team? I think he's going to be here for a long time. He's going to be an RFA. He's going to get a nice raise, probably getting like five, $5 million of really nice raise. So he's going to – Brandon Montour is not a top-pairing defenseman. I don't think he is, at least for the time being. But he's definitely a good 
a really, really good top four defenseman. He's going to help out this team for years to come. Hopefully, he'll be here for a very long time. Uh, 63 Connor 63 asks, do you think Jason Bottrell moves the other late first round pick for anything on draft day? I think they'll hold on to it. I'm not really anticipating another guy like Brandon Montour, but like the forward version of Brandon Montour to become available at the draft. I'm not really expecting that. Uh, next one comes from JP Freel. Do you think the O'Reilly trade was worth it if the first round worth it if the first rounder is from the Blues. I'm kind of confused by that. But, uh, again, what's Ryan O'Reilly going to look like in three years? That's what you got to remember. This trade was always for the future. If you think that the Sabres made the O'Reilly trade to get better for this season, you're a fool. Straight up. Like, they, there was a trade for the future. If O'Reilly shot three years from now and Buffalo has a player in their top six from that Blues trade from the first round pick and Thompson is contributing. Who wins the trade? It it's like the Corey Schneider trade. Uh, maybe not to a lesser degree, of course, but Schneider's shot. Corey Schneider is absolutely shot. And <laughs> what does Vancouver have to show for it? Bo Horvat. Bo Horvat's gonna be in the NHL for a very long time, and Schneider is in the twilight of his career now. So who? The Devils were looking, that trade was looking good for him, but now who's the real winner of that trade? A team that's got the player for a longer time and will be better for a longer period of time. So, I mean, it looks bad now. It looks really bad now, but Coolier Jets on the Ryan O'Reilly trade. That's all I got to say. You got to be patient. Got to be patient. I know if you don't appreciate draft picks or if you don't believe in draft picks, because there's a lot of you out there that don't believe in draft picks, but. If they pick a good guy with that first-round pick and can be in the top six for a long time, who wins the trade? And if O'Reilly shot three, four years from now? I don't know. We'll see. Uh, do you think that we should have traded We should have traded for a forward like Hayes instead of Montour? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Montour made sense. Hayes does not make sense. Kevin Hayes, a lot of people were like, yeah, go get Kevin Hayes. He's a UFA. Pending UFA. Why? Why? Hayes is going to command $6, 7000000 million in the offseason. Do we really want to pay Kevin Hayes $7 million and trade a first-round pick for him or potentially lose him for nothing in the process of getting up a first-round pick? No. You trade first-round picks for guys like Brandon Montour at this stage in their rebuild, not for UFAs. Not for UFAs. I've said it a thousand times. Gabe asks, what do you, th- what do you think of an offer sheet for Matthew Kachuk? I think I've talked about this in the past. I love this idea. You need a guy like Matt Kachuk. I think Calgary's going to sign him before that it comes to that point, but if they're going to offer sheet a guy, Matthew Kachuk is probably my guy. I love Matthew Kachuk. I liked him for a very long time. This is... I think the offer sheets are going to happen this offseason. Jeremy always says the offer sheet wars are coming. It's happening. And if it doesn't happen this year, it's never going to happen because there are so many good... RFA is available. It's going to happen. Somebody's going to do it. And then it's just going to be a domino effect. Uh, I'll probably take one more here. But all of these questions are exactly the same. Okay. Which team had the best trade deadline day? Ah. I'm going to say Nashville. I think Nashville had a very good deadline day. Ottawa had a very nice deadline day, too. Selling off assets, getting a boatload of picks and prospects. 
I'm going to say either Ottawa or Nashville, and it sucks that Ottawa doesn't have, it sucks for Ottawa fans that they don't have their pick to get excited for, but you got some really nice pieces, you got Eric Branstrom, you got picks, you got prospects, it's time to start building for that future, and maybe you get Alexi Lafreniere next year, maybe, but Nashville landing, uh, excuse me, Nashville landing Wayne Simmons and Michael Granlund, I think those those two teams are your winners from the trade deadline. Uh, I think I'll wrap it up there. Well, that was a good question to end off on. Uh, if you enjoyed, I would love to hear your feedback. It sucks Luke couldn't be here, but um, I hope you enjoyed uh, this episode all by my lonesome today. Uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Charging Buff. You can also follow me on Twitter at JoeTCBNHL. Uh, tweet me if you want to have a conversation about Sabres hockey. I'd love to talk hockey with you guys. Uh, you can also follow Luke on Twitter at LVKETCB. Uh, another episode maybe later this week, depending on what happens, uh, but more likely another episode next week. I wanted to get an episode out for you guys this week to talk about some of this trade, some of these trades and moves by the Sabres before it was old news because, you know, uh, relevancy i guess you should, i guess you could say uh yeah but i think that's all we got for this episode again love to hear your feedback let us know uh any suggestions for next episode because the sabers could be falling off the rails really soon and if it hasn't fallen off the rails already i mean what else do you gotta say uh yeah but that's it for this episode hope you enjoyed we'll be back next week or thursday who knows for another edition of the Charging Buffalo Podcast. Thank you. We'll see you in the next one.